Okay, Boker Tov, today's daf is daf Lamed Zayin and Sota. <clears throat> We're going to start about 10 lines from the bottom of Lamed Vav and Beis because the, uh, we got uh, shut down yesterday. The internet went down towards the end of this year. Amram Chiyabar Avram Rabbi Yochanan. Mishoshim Paro Yosef. When Paro said to Yosef, without you, nobody can lift their hand, meaning you're in charge of everybody in Egypt. You're second in command after me. Amru Itztikine Paro. His advisors, his astrologer said to him, Evet Shalako, Evet Rabo, Evet Shalako Rabo, Besmikosov. A slave. This boy, Joseph Yosef, was a slave. His master bought him for $20. Tam well, then you're going to make him rule over us, this lowly servant. Amrlahen, uh, so he said to them, Gnuri Malchusani Robo, I see majesty in him. I see character, characteristics of, of uh, monarchy in him. Why Rashi, as you said, Rashi says because he uh, he was wise and he was strong and he was and he was uh, handsome. Uh, if so, does he know the seventy languages of the world? Without the seventy languages, how can he be a ruler? Gabriel came and tried to teach him the seven He wasn't able to learn the seventy languages. So Gabriel added on one letter. That's how his name is Yehosef. Uh, added on one letter from the name of Hashem to Yosef, and then he was able to absorb the 70 languages. Some of the testimony about Yehosef, uh, talking about when he went out of Mitzrayim, he didn't know a language. By adding on the extra hey, he was able to learn the 70 languages. The next day, after Yosef had absorbed the 70 languages, any language that, Mo, that Paro spoke to him in, uh, uh, any of the 70 languages, he was able to respond because he knew the 70 languages. Then Yosef started to speak to Paro in Hebrew. Paro did not understand what Yosef was saying. Teach me that language. He tried to teach it to him, but he wasn't able to learn please swear to me that you won't reveal that I cannot absorb that language of Hebrew. That would make him look uh, human. And of course, the power wanted to look like a god and uh, that he could, you know, that nothing was beyond him. And here it was embarrassing that he wasn't able to absorb Lashon HaKodesh. So he said, swear to me, that you'll never reveal that I can't learn that. So he swore to him. Later on, when Yaakov died and Yosef wanted to go up to Mitzrayim, to Eretzisrael to bury him, uh, when he spoke to him, Yosef said to Paro, look, my father made me swear that I'll go and take him and bury him in Eretz Yisrael. Go rescind your shvua. You know, go get a Taurus Adarim. You can get rid of the shvua. If that's the case, maybe I'll also get rescind. I'll rescind also the, uh, the, the oath that I gave you that I won't reveal to anybody that you're an idiot, <laughs> you know, that you, you can't learn Lashon HaKodesh. Uh, so Paro realized that he was stuck. Even though Paro wasn't happy about it, he said, "Okay, go up and and uh, you know bury your father." Like he made you swear. In other words, that was the story with Yosef. Uh, part of the story of Yosef about after he when he was made the uh, viceroy of Egypt. But the point of the Gemara before was that Yosef, who got one letter added to his name, he. Um, it, because he because he was Makadashem Shemayim the Sacer by not uh, by not um, agreeing uh, to sleep with uh, Aishas Potiphar, 
And this is when it happened, when he got that extra letter. He got that extra letter, got one letter for the Makash Shemayim Beseser, but that enabled him to learn the 70 languages. Then we tell the story with Yehuda. Yehuda, who was Makash Hashem Shemayim Befarhesya, he had all of Hashem's name, both Yud, K, Vav, K, all is included in the name Yehuda. So again, we said back on Dafyud and other places in Shas, we said, how is Makash Hashem Shemayim by, by admitting that he was the father of, the, of uh, Tamar's twins? Um, but over here, we bring down a different uh, shame, a, a different Kiddush Hashem that Yehuda did, not himself, but his tribe. Yehuda Mai, what was the story of Yehuda? The famous story, the Tanya Hoyer Meir Omer. We're two lines from the bottom of the page if you joined us late. Tanya Hoyer Meir Omer, bottom of Lamed Vav and Beis. Shem Yisrael Al Yam, and Ben Yisrael stood next to the Red Sea, and the water was affecting. Each of the Shevets who were trying to fight with one another to see Everyone said, I'm going to be the one to jump in first into the water because we know Hashem will split it for us. Uh, they jumped in first. They were the ones who jumped in first. The young one, right? he was the youngest of the tribes. He was ruling them. He went down into the ocean, into the sea first. So that was the story by Bahayu Sari Yehuda Rogmasam. This the office of Yehuda were stoning them as if to say, you know, why did you go in first? Like you know, you, you beat us. They were stoning them. Shinemar, Sari Yehuda Rigmasam. The officers of Yehuda, the uh, their their council, that's Rigmasam, but they darshan as Rogmim, like they threw stones at him, like they were, you know, not trying to kill them, and just like you know, threw stones at him. Oh, you you got you you jumped ahead. Because Binyamin jumped in first, because of that, he became the host of Hashem in the base of Migdash. The main parts of the base of Migdash were in the Chalik of Binyamin, not in the Chalik of Yehuda, where the rest of the base of Migdash was in Yerushalayim. He will be that Binyamin will dwell between the shoulders, so to speak, of the Shekhinah. Um, so that was the that was the first opinion. Rameir said that who jumped in first? The Shevet Binyamin. They were all fighting one another to jump in first. And Binyamin, so to speak, won, jumped in first. Omar Rabbiura said to Rameir, Lo I said, No, that's not what happened. They weren't fighting who's going to jump in first. They were fighting who's not going to jump in. Everybody said, You go first. I'm not jumping in first. Kafas from the tribe of Yehuda jumped in first. I went into, down into the, into the sea. Svavuni Kachash Ephraim. Ephraim has surrounded me with lies. Ubamirma basis from basis surrounded me with deceit. The Yehuda od rod im the Yehuda still rules with God. And the and the and the Rush is red ran down. He went raid, went down in there. Balum Farshapol and about Nachmanov, it's explained in in uh, in uh, the Kabbalah is in Tilm. Hoshiana Lokim, save me. O Lord, because the water has reached my soul. I am drowned in the in the depths. I can't stand here. Goes on. Don't let the flood of the water uh, encompass me. Don't swallow me up in the depths. Okay, so that was the story. That was the machlokas we have between Rameh and Rabbi Yehuda. Who jumped in first? So according to the tradition we have of Rabbi Yehuda, that's the more famous one. That Rabbi Yehuda said that Nachshmanov jumped in first, so that means the tribe of Yehuda was Makanashe Shemayim. Nobody wanted to jump in. Everybody says, "You go, I'm not going first." Yehuda jumped in. The tribe of Yehuda jumped in, led by Nachshmanov ben Aminadav, and therefore, 
he was Makadashem Shemayim, and therefore Yehuda had the entire shame of Hashem in his name. Uh, even though he was actually born with that name, was given that name, but the idea was he was so good to keep that name. That's how you have to understand. Now, uh, just the famous Russian, we have this machlokis from between Rameyam and Yehuda, who jumped in first? Was it the tribe of Benyamin or the tribe of Yehuda? So <laughs> Rabbi Yeshua from Kutna, famous, it's brought down in the Agora, uh, said that um, it's not really a machlokis. Rameyam said, they both agree, but Rameyam is talking about what happened at the beginning, and Yehuda is talking about what happened at the end. In other words, Rameyam says that what? When they were standing by the ocean, everybody says, no, I'm going to jump in first. I'm going to jump in first. I'm going to jump in first, right? Rabbi told them, Rabbi said, and then he says, well, Binyamin driving first. Rabbi says, ah, yeah, they, I agree. They all wanted to jump in first. But look, that's not what actually happened. They all said they want to jump first. And was, when it comes, I'll donate my time. I'll be there. I'll be, I'll, I'll give, I'll, uh, I'll help out, help out. But when it comes to actually doing it, nobody wanted to do it. That's what he's saying. They all said, I want to jump in. But then when it came to doing it, <laughs> nobody wanted to jump in until Nachshmanu. That's what he, that's lush of low kachayamasa. He didn't just disagree. He says, yeah, that was that was what they wanted to do. They wanted to. They all said they're going to jump in. But when it came to doing it, not everybody did it. Uh, just uh, Nachshman jumped in first. And the Gemara goes on. Moshe shot at that time. Moshe was davening, saying, "Look, please split the sea. Look, we're all waiting here. The chariots of, of Paro are following us." You know, at that time, the, the, my dear ones are drowning in the ocean as Nachshon jumped in. Now you're davening? That's what you're doing? You're davening? I'll do something. What can I do? I can't split this. Yes, you can't. Speak to them. So let them journey. Let them go on. You lift up your rod, your staff, and stretch your hand out, and the water will, the waters will split as they did. Because of that, because of that, because Yehuda did this, he was Zoha that he would be the uh, the ruler in Israel. Yehuda was his uh, his uh, holy one, his sanctuary. Yisrael and therefore he was the Moshe. He was the dominion in Yisrael. Why was he uh, made the sanctuary? Because why was he made the sanctuary and 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 the and the dominion? He was the ruler over Israel. Because the 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 uh, the sea saw and fled. In other words, because when the sea saw that uh, Yehuda jumped in and followed by Moshe's uh, lifting up the rod, but it was it was the it, the key was that Nachshon had jumped in because he jumped in first. <laughs> because of that, the sea fled, and because of that, he was Zoha to be the Moshel in Yisrael. Tanya Yaakov Omer. Going back to the discussion we had yesterday and before that about the brachas and the klolos, right? What did we say? We said that yesterday that the, the Pusik says that what's the state of Hagrizim? Shimon Levi Yehudi Yisachi Yosem Yaman or on Hagrizim, and Reuben God Vashir is ruled on Aftali were on Har Evo. So, it says over there that Levi was in Hargrizim. And the other hand, we said Levi was in Hargrizim. Levi was below. He was he was surrounding the Kohanim who gave their brachas. So weren't they short people? We said, no, Yosef, one of the other tribes that were up there, the five tribes actually were up there, was Yosef, and they were more numerous. And therefore, they, they, that, that's, that evened it out, so to speak. But the question is, where was Levi really? Where was Levi? Was Levi in the um, uh, down below? Or was he above? Was he on the mountain or was he below? So 
we have a bryce that says it's tiny or bless me i come you can't see lady was below between the mountains because it says says they'll go up above it says the pasuk says the pasuk says that um that, that, that in in the Tvarim, it says, Who's going to go on Hagrizim? Shimon Levi Yehuda. They're going to stand on Hagrizim. Right? It says, Shimon Levi Yehuda. So it says, Levi was above. I can't say that they're below. You can't say they're above. Because we already have a drasha saying that they are below. Uh, the Levim will turn around and the going to give out the curses and the brachas, and that means that they're standing below and facing them. So where were the Levium? Were they on the mountain, on our Grisim, or were they below? Okay, so, so how, how must you explain this, says Rebbe Lezer Miyakov? Ziknei kuhuna Lamata. the elders were below, Vashar Lamala, the Zikain were below, and the rest of them were above. In other words, the Levium were split. The elders were below, giving the giving brachas and clothes, and the other, the most of them were above. The ones who were of the age to serve, that means uh, to carry the Aron, that means between the ages of 30 and 50, they were Lamata. Bashar, everybody else, the elderly people who were older than 50, people younger than 30, they were, ab- they were uh, above. So again, the, the ones between 30 and 50 were below, the other ones were above. So either way, according to Blessed Yaakov and Yoshia, some of the Levium were on the mountain, some were below. Rabbi Omer, everybody was below. And whenever she says, Eil doesn't just mean the Levium, Yisrael also, everybody was below. Nobody was really on the mountains at all. We'll explain. Right? It was below. And they turned towards our Greece and Pasun, they said the Bracha. And when turned to Eil they said the, the Klala. Okay, but what about the fact that the Pasuk says, Eilu Yamdu Al Har Grisim? Going to be on Har Grisim. Al 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 could also mean not on, besides meaning on, it could also mean nearby. Next to them, that's what it means. So nobody was really standing on the mountains. They were all below, but they turned towards our Grisim and said the bracha, turned towards our said the thing, and Al means they were nearby, Kedetanya, but Asata Alamarecha, Alamarechas Levanazaka. And when it comes to Lechem Aponim, Lechem Aponim, we know there were two columns of six loaves each of matzah bread, the thick matzah bread, and the Lechem Aponim that was always in the base of Midrash on the Shulchan. And there were also two Bazicha Levona, two, two uh, cups of spices. Uh, which 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 they did basically the Torah with in order to sanctify it. So it says you put on the marachas on these arrangements of the breads. You put the levonosaka, but it wasn't really on the breads. It was next to the breads on the shofar next to the breads. So here also you see that al means next to Rabbi Omer al b'samach atomer because it says ketanya v'nas al marachas levonosaka. Rabbi Omer al b'samach is it's nearby. It's not on the breads. Atomer al b'samach oeno al marashmei means literally you put the cups of spices on the breads. Shomer v'sakosa ala aron talks about the parochas. You put that uh, uh, in the aron. Have Omer al b'samach. And Rashi says v'sakosa ala aron al korach lav al mamish to high mechitza have parochas. It was a parochas. It was next to. It was a partition next to it. It wasn't a schach on top. So you see, sakosa al aron means next to it. Therefore, nasata ala merachas could also mean next to it. And when you say Elu yamdu al har grizim va'elu al har eval. It also means next to it. It doesn't mean uh, on top of it. So we have machlokas here. We're the levim, part of the levim above and part below. Two sheets like that. Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yoshia. Rabbi says no. Nobody was on the mountain. They were all below. It just means they were near the mountain. Now, when they gave the brachas, it says hafuk panem kapi har grizim bracha. They started to make the, the bracha. Now, the pasuk we're dealing with is in dvarim before the klolos in 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 kisavo. 
right after Hamishi, it says, tells the six tribes for our Grisim, six tribes for Abel. And then it says, So we had mentioned before that you learn our code from Moshe. Moshe Yadabar, Lakimi, and Enubakol, there means Lashon Ivrit, Lashon Akoder. So here also, the Brachs of the Kolos were also in Ivrit. That's what we learned out from Kol, Ram. And then here it says, Va'anu So we learn out from every place where it says, Vanisa Amarta, that that's also, uh, also uh, has to be Lashon Akoder. Tan Rabbanim, Baruch Baklal, Baruch Baklal. When they made the Brachos, the brachas aren't actually enumerated. It says that they gave the brachas, they gave the clause. The clause are enumerated. Aru this, aru that. Not all tarig mitzvahs. It lists about 10 different, 10 or 12 different arurs, curses in there. But right before the tochacha, it gives you these arurs. So first of all, he says, baruch baklal, baruch baklal. When it says the baruch, the first blessing was a general one. Rashi explains, baruch, kal baruch, meaning it says, but at the end, we see it more from the end of the parsha where it says, um, where it says it says Aurur Ashelokamas Divriya Torazos, the whole Torah. And we we, we the opposite would be the Baruch, a Baruch Ashelokam. And at the end of it says the Asher the in general. So uh, when he talks about Aura Shelokamas Divriya Torazos, that's a general one on the entire Torah. Baruch, blessed be the one who keeps the entire Torah, cursed be the one who violates the Torah. But then it lists individual ones too. If you curse your parents, if you uh, commit uh, adultery, etc. So it says the bracha in a general way in the Torah, and then it says baruch on the specific bracha, on the specific mitzvah. Then it says orubachlal orubapat. In other words, the curses and the and the blessings were both general ones for the entire Torah and for the specific mitzvah itself. So number one, we have the the uh, bracha, uh, the divrei bris. This is a covenant of a bracha was a general one and an individual one. A general one and a, let's call it general and specific is a better word. But general and specific. And then it's Aurabachal Arbakat. Then we had a general curse for the entire Torah, if you don't keep the Torah, and a specific curse. So, number one, we see that there are four different brachas and clothes here, four different uh, four different covenants here. That's number, that's the first section that he says, the bride says, Barbachal, Barbachal, Arbakat. Then, by each mitzvah, it says, Lilmog. Right, it says It says mosam to learn them, ushmartem and guard them, lasosam to do them, mosam teach your kids. So each mitzvah involves four different aspects. Number one, to learn it yourself, to teach it to the kids, to guard it, and to perform it. So again, we have here four different aspects of each mitzvah, and in each mitzvah we have four different covenants: the baruch b'kal baruch b'prat or Arba. So we have four different mitzvahs here. Lilmod, Lamed, Lishma, Velasos. And as for each mitzvah, you have four actions that have to be done. Arba Arba. Now, Arba Arba Rashi says that refers to the four, four curses on Lilmod and four curses and four, four brisos, let's call that, not curses and, and uh, blessings. Uh, four brisos for Lilmod and four for Lilamed. That's a Hare Shmona. And then we have Shmona v'Shmona. Then we have four, four um, Britot, four covenants, four Lishmor, and four for Lassos. So now we have Harei Sheshesrei. So it comes out that we have, for every mitzvah in the Torah, for each of the Tari mitzvahs, we have 16, 16 Britot. Why? Because we have four, if we have four Britot, one general curse, uh, one specific curse, one general, uh, one general, 
blessing, one specific blessing. We have four Britot for each of the four aspects of the mitzvah, and there's four aspects of the mitzvah, to learn, to teach, to guard, and to do. So there's actually 16 for each of the 16 Britot, 16 covenants for each mitzvah. That's where he had at Har Grizim, right? Har Grizim and Har Evel, as we just said here. V'chein Sinai. But the truth is that Har Sinai, we also had these 16, had these same 16, the curses and the, and the, and the blessings and the observances. So we have 16 there, V'chein Baris Moab. And also the Torah was taught again on Aris Moab before they came into Eretz Yisrael. So we have here Har Sinai, we have Aris Moab, and we have when they came into Eretz Yisrael and Har Grizim and Evel, 16 covenants on each mitzvah, so Shemer, as it says, Shemer Eilu Divrei Abris. At the end of uh, at the end of the Tochacha, it says Eilu Divrei Abris. Eilu Divrei Abris. Asher Tziva Shemas Moshe Lichos Has Bnei Yisrael. But Eretz Moav in Moav Milvar Abris. Asher Karsid Mecha. Besides what they did at Har Sinai. So we have over here Eilu Divrei Abris. Asher Tziva Shemas Moshe. Referring to uh, it says Abris Moav. Besides what they did at Sinai. In my Gemara, I have the next line in parentheses. Maybe it goes together because you just all the bris on all of that. But it's really the first pasuk tells us mentions Avras Moab and Sinai. So we have over here forty-eight covenants on each and every mitzvah uh, based on what Har Sinai. It was done in Har Sinai. It was done Avras Moab chronologically, and then in in um, at Har Grisim and Ha'evel Nimsa Memchas basis. So we have forty-eight. 48 covenants, 16 times three. I'll call mitzvah on each and every mitzvah. That's what we have. Rabbi Shimon Motzi Har Grizim He excludes Har Grizim Evel. Why? Because Har Grizim Evel, we don't really mention all Tariq mitzvahs. All he mentions is Arashiasa Pesla Masecha, Maklavima, Asik Boreyu. We mention a bunch of them, but not all Tariq. So he excludes Har Grizim Evel, Umachis Olmoe. And he puts Olmoe in the, in the Mishkan, in the, uh, in the Midbar. Uh, in the Midbar, in the Midbar Sinai, he says that's where the other 16 were at Olamoid. Shabbat Midbar. The Olamoid Shabbat Midbar. We'll put that it depends on the Falmach Locus. The Tanit of Rishmol as follows. Close them of Sinai. In Har Sinai, we only gave the general rules. For example, it says, Rash brings down the general rules. It says that, you bring Karbonos, right? You bring Karbonos. Uh, uh, it says, uh, uh, but it didn't give the details. And this is in uh, in Yisro's Pratan. Bring your karbanos. That's what the general idea. Upratos, the specifics, the specifics of how you do the Zrika Saddam and the Aktara and how you burn it and how you skin it and how you flay it, you, know, you skin, you flay it and how you cut it up. All those details were said in Olmoy. So according to Rabbi Shmuel, Harsina uh, and Olmoy is one thing. Because it wasn't, it wasn't like everything was given Har Sinai and repeated Al Moed. Al Moed was part of Har Sinai because in Sinai we only had the general rules and the specific rules were said in Al Moed. So according to him, Sinai and Al Moed is one, one aspect, one, one, one group of the of the sixteen, and the other ones were at Arvus Moab and Har Grizim and Har Evel. Rabbi Kiva goes like Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says removes Har Grizim and Har Evel and he puts in Al Moed. Why? Because according to Bekiva, close brothers of Sinai, Har Sinai had everything we had at Har Sinai. E- e- even the details, the details of specifics were also at Har Sinai. But Nishimov, they were repeated all Moed a second time, Nishtashmov, and repeated a third time in Arvasmov. And therefore, there was nothing for Har Grizim and Har Evel. Har Grizim and Har Evel were not all the Tariq mitzvahs repeated with 16 uh, curse, it was 16 uh, um, Britot. 
but rather it was done at Har, number one, Harsinai, number two, Almoid, number three, Avrasmoab. So Rabbi Kiva will go like Abshivan, and Rabbi Shmo will go like the Tanakama that Hagriz uh, Marevel is included because Oamoid and Harsinai is considered one because Oamoid was simply the definition or the details of Harsinai. Every each and every mitzvah is basically has 48 covenants, as we said, 16 uh, at one, 16 at the, at the other, and 16 at the third one, depending on how you learn it. Total of 48 uh, covenants written for each and every one of the Tari mitzvahs. Now we have another opinion. Shimon he said like this. Shimon Yudah from Aku said, Amar Mishmon Shimon said, name of Shimon. In other words, for all the people who left Mitzrayim, the 600,000, and there was a bris, every one of the, there was a bris of 48, the 48 Britot that we said, 48 covenants, was times each and every one of the people of the Midbar, each one of the, of the male adults in the Midbar, so he says, each and every one, that every mitzvah in the Torah is actually done, not 48, not only 48 britot, but 48 britot for each and every one of the uh, of the Jews in the Midbar. So it's like, you know, millions and millions of, of, uh, of uh, britot. Um, I'm a Rebbe. Rebbe says, according to him, Forty-eight pieces of six hundred thousand. The exact number of them. What is Rabbi adding on? We already saw that Rabbi Shimon Yudah said it's not only forty-eight; it's forty-eight times six hundred thousand, approximately, right? So what's Rabbi adding on? This is like this. But the way Rav Shimon Yudah says, listen, for each and every Jew there, each and every Jew had um, 48, there were 48 uh, Britot, 48 covenants for each and every Jew. What Rebbe adds on is that not only for, not only uh, each and every Jew had 48 covenants, but each one had twice that. Why? Because he had, he was also an Arev for everybody else. Every Jew is called Rav Yisrael Zev So each one of them was a raven for all the other Jews also for their for the six hundred thousand of their forty-eight britot. So it's a question of how you uh, how you explain it. Either way, we have all the mitzvahs and plenty of britot uh, to uh, you know to bind us to all these each and every mitzvah. Words, it's not just like you just throw around a mitzvah. There's a bris on each and every mitzvah. And there's forty-eight britot on each and every mitzvah, and you can multiply that by the number of Jews who were in the midbar because a bris was written for each and every one of them. And according to Rebbe's opinion. Double that, each double that. The way I understand it, double that because each one not only had an obligation to see that each one of his chaverim, each one of his other Jews performed the mitzvos, but he also had an obligation to back up the arevut. Not only did you have an obligation for the other ones, but you had an obligation for each and every one's obligation. So it's double that. Nachmani, who was the interpreter from Shimon Lakish. Interesting thing he says here. If you look in the parsha, it says, okay, these are the six tribes who go on Harizim, these are the six on Harevo. Vanuel Avim, the Avim will answer and they'll say, Kol Ram, Kol Ram, we saw Kol learn out from Moshe in Ivrit. 
This is right before the famous Tochacha, because we have these Aurors. He says each one of them is referring to a case of adultery, even though it doesn't sound that way, but that's how he interprets it. Take a look in the Gemara. He says, what does it have to do? It says, cursed be the one who makes an, an image, an image makes a, a god, right? He worship idols. But Aurasagile, it's just enough to curse him. He's uh, he's Kofar Beiker. He goes against the, the basic idea of, of uh, you know, that uh, Hashem is one and we have only one God, right? The, and, and now he's adding on other gods. All enough is curse him. He's, he deserves death and a lot more worse than that, right? Ever referring to this. What does it mean cursing? We're not talking about you yourself thinking about Avodazara. It's talking about a case where a man committed adultery, beholded Ben, and he had a child. And Rashi explained that means he had a mamzer. The mamzer had no place in, in society, in Jewish society. So he went, uh, went among the goyim, went among the Avdi Avodazara, were cursing his parents, because they were the cause of that. By you producing a mamzer, you caused him to be alienated from Jewish society, and he was he had he felt he had no alternative but to go into avodah and you you're cursed for that. You didn't do the avodah but you're cursed for causing him to do that. Now the Gemara doesn't add on any more over here, but here you have to see Rashi. Here's another case where you can't learn without Rashi. It says look at take a look at Rashi a little bit further down, um, about uh, ten lines, uh, 10, 12 lines before the lines get wide in Rashi. Then Rashi, the first part of the Rashi explains what we saw in the Gemara. He slept with the Ish, but Rashi is going to explain that all the curses over here are speaking by Ashes Ish. Ashes is And we talk about because he's embarrassed. He can't, sleep, he can't marry anybody legitimately among the Jewish uh, nation. He can't find. He goes among the He does. He worships idols. Cursed be his parents. They caused him to worship Avodah Now here Rashi goes on. It's not in the Gemara. But Rashi explains. This is how this Metorgman, uh, this uh, Rabbi Yudah ben Nachmani, the Torgman of Rosh explained the whole parsha. He explains it. For example, he says, sleep with your mother-in-law or or his the wife of his father. Is let's say his stepmother, uh, or his sister, It's all speaking about where the, the, this person, the, the woman is also an Ashes Ish. make him a traitor. You got two curses, two curses because not only do you sleep with uh, somebody incestuous, which is also Ashes Ish, and that's going to cause the moms or etc. And uh, that you're cursed for all those things. It says, if you sleep with an animal, bestiality, cursed for that. What does that mean? Ashes Ish, a an adulterous woman. Does a mice mehema? If she sleeps with another man, she's like an animal that sleeps with any mish. Shemanefes. She's a, she's an adulteress. That's also ashes ish. We're speaking about ashes ish. It doesn't mean literally sleeping with enemies. Darshani. It's not only sleeping with an animal. It's sleeping with a with a woman who's a who's an adulteress. That's a mice behema. And again, that's going to cause your curse because you're going to cause a uh, mamzer to come out from there. Makal of What do you mean? It says it curse or a makla of emo. You curse your parents. What does it mean there? It doesn't mean cursing. It means if you sleep, you commit adultery. Mizalza, we're at the first of the wide lines in Rashi. Mizalza Bavivo, you're shaming. You are you're deprecating your parents. Shagidlo Gidulam Ram. 
look at kind of a son this is that uh, commits adultery commits ad adultery uh, that's a, that's an embarrassment to his parents right that's that's what we mean here also that what do you mean cursing your parents what was the one who curses his parents how does he curse his parents by committing a sin like this um uh, what do you mean by shaga if you if you uh, cause a blind person you know, to go astray. What do you mean? Also, mafate shish. You seduce a a, a a married woman. She suma bedava. She's blind to this. She doesn't have aina yodas onsho. She doesn't understand. Maybe she doesn't understand the severity of the what she's doing. And if you seduce her, that's also like you're you're uh, you're causing a blind person to go astray. You know, you're you're putting a stumbling block in front of them. Also, all these curses referring to her speaking about shish. Where you commit adultery, and 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 that's that's how you are uh, either either you're causing a a, a mamzer to be born, and uh, and he's going to uh, do avodah or you're embarrassing your parents, or you are causing by seducing somebody. It's like you're making you're you're causing a blind person to stumble. Um, uh, what is masig vorayu? Oh, rush says I says. Uh, or, um, uh, it says if you you know you 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 encroach your neighbor's uh, boundary right so it just means encroaching what do we mean by that Balishto, if you sleep with your neighbor's wife okay <laughs> you that you can't get a bigger encroachment than that you know taking his wife that's also encroachment so all these things he turn every one of these curses refers really to uh in one way if you hit your neighbor um, secretly, again, here again, we're talking about where you seduce a woman and it's it's her own secret and she's going to die because the Maimarim, the Sota, the water, the Maimarim is going to uh, uh, inspect her and kill her. So again, here's also, how do you kill? You're causing her to, to die. Again, we're talking about a case of, of, of uh, adultery. You take money to seduce a man to cause them. In other words, you take money to try to seduce a man and a woman that they should commit adultery and they will die because of that. Uh, right. So again, here we're talking about all cases of adultery. Each case, even shochad, is a, even shochad, which is talking about bribery. Cursed be a person who takes uh, who takes shochad, right? Um, all these cases, um, all the uh, the last one, uh, the second last one is arlokech shochad lahakos nefesh. You take a shochad to kill somebody. Doesn't mean literally to kill them. You take a shochad in order to seduce them into adultery. We go we go mata mishpat ger v'yosam Rashi says any adel dosh. That's why it's because I didn't see the end of Rashi. Rashi says I don't know how to dash in that one. It, also, it must also be referring to somehow uh, referring to uh, adultery in some in some form, but Mata Mishpat Yerviyosam Rashi says I'm not sure how to dash in that, but that must have been included in the drasha here of Rabbi Yudah Nachmani. So that's how he interprets this whole thing. Back in the Gemara, Tan Rabbanim, Venasata Sabracha Lagrisim Esakolaleva. We know Michael. It says that where does it say Venasata Sabracha? That's the beginning of Rei. Venasata Sabracha Lagrisim Esakolaleva. Right, that's the beginning of Rei. It says give the bracha there. What does we need that pasuk for? Mata Malomer. What do we need that pasuk for in Rei? It's a teacher of the brachas going to reason. It says later on, as we're just quoting here in Kisov, it says, the six tribes. What do we need the Pasuk in Re'e for? To tell you, you know why? 
because this Masatis a bracha You do the bracha on Hargrizim and the bracha. In, in, in when he lists all these klolos over here that you do on Hargrizim, Aruhish, Aru this, Aru Aru it doesn't say the baruch. It just tells you the bra- the Aru. And we know the opposite is supposed to be the bracha. So why does it tell you what's the part number eight to teach me that bracha is before the klolo? Okay. Because a bracha first, then a klala. Okay, like bracha klala. Maybe do all the brachas first, one shot, bracha this, bracha that, baruch, you know, baruch asher, um, uh, maybe do all the brachas first and then all the klala. After this time, bracha klala. One bracha, one klala. Bracha achas, kadamis lakala achas. One bracha before each call. You know, the first two bracha call, the bracha call, the bracha main call, bracha scars the cause. Not all the brachas for all the calls, but each bracha followed by a klala. Well, a hakish bracha call, and to tell you a hakish between a juxtaposition with bracha and klala, loma lacha makwala belavim, just like lakola's lavim, as it says, va'anwa lavim. That's the cause of aprach belavim. Umaklola bekol ram, just a klala is a kol ram. Aprach bekom. It says it only by the klalas, right? Va'anwa lavim, ba'amru kolish yisra kol ram, over this. To tell you the brach is also that way. Also, the brach is with the levim, brach is also with the kol ram. Umaklola belashon hakodesh, as we darshan, based on what? On kol. That's in Hebrew. Just like the color was the color part. Why? Because the, by the cloud, we say the specific ones are this, or that, or each one. And then at the end, we say, the general one. So just like the color is with the color part, a general and a specific. Just like Kola Elu Elu Onin Onin Baumran, they say Amen. Bamar Kola Amen. Afracha Elu Onin So that's how we have the whole drasha. That's how we understand this whole parsha of brachas and klolos. They were said three times, and the brisos, etc. Says the Mishnah. Birchas Kanan. We know the duchening. What is bruchan ketzah? Bimedina outside of the base of Migdash, Omer Osa Shalosh Brachas, like we do every day here in Eretz Yisrael. That we do the three brachas, and after each one we answer Amen. Yerach Hashem Yisrael Amen. Amen. The third one, Amen. Well, the Mikdash, in the Mikdash, they don't say Amen. So, Bracha, so all three Psukim are read without an interruption of Amen in between them. The Mikdash, Omer es Hashem Kiksavo. In the Mikdash, they said Hashem's name. They actually said the Yud K, Vav K. They actually pronounce it in the way it's written. Over Medina, outside of the base of Mikdash, we only say the Shem Adnus, like we say. We say, Bracha Hashem Yishmerecha. We say Ado and then Noi Yishmerecha. And as we say, we don't say, we don't pronounce outside the base we don't pronounce the Yud K Bavke. Outside of the base Migdash, they lift up their arms in line with their shoulders, not higher, just in line with their shoulders. Over Mikdash in the base Migdash, Al since the Shekhinah, so to speak, on top of their fingers, on top of their hands. So there they lift it up above their heads. Rashi says, There they use Hashem's name, There they use Hashem's name, so therefore it should be above their heads. Because the tzitz, which says, He doesn't lift his hands up above the tzitz, because that Hashem's name is over there. So to speak, Hashem's name is on the shechina, or the shechina is on, is on the tzitz, so he doesn't lift that above there. But the other Kohanim lifted above their shoulders to show because they're, they mention Hashem's name, so they lift their hands higher. Rabbi Yudah says that even the Kohen Gadol lifts his hands above the tzitz. He lifted up his hands, as if to say, lifted them up all the way. 
right? And therefore, he lifted him up even above the tzitz. So the machlokas here, whether the coin Gadol lifts his hands above the tzitz or not, but in the base of Migdash, they definitely lifted up their hands above their shoulders. All right, tomorrow's Gemara is the Lamed Ches, on, they'll be on the podcast. And um, on Sunday, Mitzvah, we'll pick it up from the third line on Lamed Tesem and Aleph, Amarava. That's where the podcast will take you to. Shabbat Shalom L'Kulam, Kol Tu.